AFC Offensive Player of the Year, Leonard Fournette of the Jacksonville Jaguars. What? <laughs> It's time to talk National Football League as uh, Jane Goodell's Husband's League opens play on Thursday from Soldier Field in Chicago with the Green Bay Packers uh, going about 120 miles south to take on the Chicago Bears. Very interesting. But uh, as we welcome you to this 387th episode of Unscripted with Mike and Chris, we are going to make our predictions as who is going to win the uh, four divisions in the NFC, the four divisions in the AFC. We'll pick our, uh, well, basically our 12 playoff teams. And then we'll also pick a Super Bowl, the two combatants, and then we'll pick a winner. And then we will start, which we've been doing. And it's been funny, the first two years, the first year I won. So both years you won straight up and I won against the right. spread. And it's been the same thing. Yeah. It was amazing. So I do have some lines that I got this morning from uh, Bovada in uh, Las Vegas. So we'll use those lines sure. that I got this morning. We'll make our week one picks and we'll also pick our lock of the week. Oh, yeah, sure. And so um, I have a feeling it might be the same game. But uh, if not, I'm flexible enough to make a change. Mm-hmm. Um Let's start, though, as, again, we welcome you to this 387th uh, episode of Unscripted. Mike and Chris with you. Chris, I'll have you start by giving your four division winners in the NFC, please. In the NFC. In the NFC. Okay, Uh, no problem at all. So, uh, in the NFC, pretty easy in the NFC East, Philadelphia Eagles waltz to a division title without even trying. They might have an easier time than the Patriots this year in that shitty, overrated division. Anyway, uh, the NFC North, uh, clearly the Green Bay Packers are winning Uh, that one. I love you, man. Uh, (laughs) I mean, but uh, seriously, I would have said that whether I knew Mike Jansen or not here. Uh, The Bears are overrated this year. The Bears are not who we think they are this year, to paraphrase our old buddy Dennis Green. And uh, yeah, the Vikings, uh, you know, teams... Whether I don't care, Houston Texans, Minnesota Vikings, and we're really going to see it in the worst offensive lines this year, Cincinnati Bengals, Houston Texans, Miami Dolphins. You can't win in this league without an O-line. You can't do it. I don't care what else you have. I don't care if you have an all-star team everywhere else. You cannot win without an O-line. So see you later, Minnesota Vikings. Anyway, NFC South, this is the easily the toughest one for me in the NFC I'm going to go with the New Orleans Saints. I think Drew Brees has one more Super Bowl run left in him. And uh, there will be at least one wild card from that division as well. It's going to be tough uh, which one that is. And then in the NFC West, I know this is a controversial pick this year. A lot of people are expecting a big drop off, but I'm still going to go with the Rams. uh, And shout out to our buddy Greg uh, in the NFC West. Okay. um, My NFC, we're... we're the same, pretty much. Same? All well, four? we are the same. All four? Um, I've got Philadelphia easily winning the NFC East. Oh, yeah. I've got the New Orleans Saints winning the NFC South, mm-hmm. and that was the toughest one for me. Yeah. And for me, the toughest was between New Orleans and Atlanta, actually. Um, I don't think Carolina, especially if Cam uh, Newton is not 100%, 
Carolina scares me a little bit. I have New Orleans winning the NFC South. I have the Los Angeles Rams repeating as NFC West division champions. And yes, you can call me a homer, but I'm taking the Green Bay Packers because for the simple fact that we finally maybe have a defense, but we're also, remember this, playing a third-place schedule this year. Mm -hmm. So we don't get the best two teams in each division. We get the third-best team in each division, and I think that'll be very beneficial as well. Um, your AFC division winners. Oh, sir. yeah, and by the way, sorry, did you want to do wild cards quick or do that after? Sure. Um, my wild card, my first wild card goes to, and this will make Ryan happy, I actually believe in the San Francisco 49ers this year. I do believe if Joey Bosa or Nick Bosa or Don Bosa or Tremaine Bosa or, well, I mean, goddamn Bosa's there are in the NFL, but if he makes it back healthy and ready for week one, he's going to help that defense. And yes, you're absolutely right. You mentioned in our last episode about Garoppolo's five interceptions, but remember, he's rusty. Um, I just think he's obviously better than that, and I think that the San Francisco 49ers will be a wild card team. My second wild card team is because I believe in Matt Ryan and I think the Atlanta Falcons will take the second uh wild card position in the NFC. Well as much as I hate to say it, I think the Seattle Seahawks will get one of the wild card positions instead of the Niners. Yep. Um although with Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah, five picks and five throws in practice. I mean, what are we talking about? Practice? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, Allen Iverson. Yes, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh but on the other one it's really close for me with Carolina and Atlanta. And the toss-up there, and actually the tiebreaker for me is, I don't know if you've looked at the Atlanta Falcons schedule this year, but it's extremely notable. Really? Yes. There is virtually, I'm going to go ahead and say, there is zero chance they play a cold-weather game this year. And as a Dome team, first of all, out of their 16 games, 13 of the 16 games are in a Dome. Oh, Jesus. For a Dome team, that is just like, the greatest thing. For, yeah. Let's look at the three. They don't play outside until week 11. Whoa. Every single game <laughs> for the first 10 weeks, one of which is their bye, but yeah. for the first 10 weeks, the first nine games, every single one in a Dome. Then the only three games they play outdoors all year are in not exactly Green Bay here. Right. Carolina, San Francisco, and Tampa Bay. Oh, These are not cold weather spots. So their schedule, I mean, for a dome team to play basically the entire season in a dome is unbelievable. That's, right. And I mean, they just signed their old kicker, 44-year-old Matt Bryant. That's mm-hmm. going to be great for him making kicks indoors all year or in warm weather. Uh, just, I mean, I think if it wasn't for that, I would pick Carolina. I like them this year. I think Cam's going to be okay. Curtis Samuel is going to have his breakout year as a wide receiver. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is unbelievable. And then on the defense, not only do you have Luke Keekley back there, uh, who unfortunately is about one concussion away from retirement, but right. as long as he's playing, he's the best there is out there. But that front seven is going to be terrifying. The two front sevens I'm looking at this year, Cleveland and um, uh, Carolina, are just terrifying. They're going to really harass a lot of quarterbacks. So those are my... Uh, NFC wildcard picks. Uh, I'll go on to the AFC now, Please. if it could. So I I hate to do this. I want to pick the Jets, but you ha- you have to go with the Patriots in the AFC East. Uh, in the AFC North, I'm gonna. I think I'll be different than you here. I think the the demise of the Pittsburgh Steelers has been greatly exaggerated, and I expect them to uh, do enough to win a shitty division. Uh, <laughs> the Ravens and Bengals are going to be tire fires in a lot of ways. 
and I'm actually going to say that the Cleveland Browns, even though they have that ferocious front seven and they're getting all the hype, I am going to say they finish one spot out of a playoff spot. I'm going to finish. I'm going to say they finish seventh and six get in. And so I'm going to say they don't even get a wild card spot. Uh, now the AFC South, this is controversial, and I was like you. I mean, it's like you almost don't want to pick anything because they're all they're all trash. But you know what? I am going to pick the Indianapolis Colts to win the division. Ooh, because Whoa. With, with Andrew Luck, they were my pe- absolutely. I'm right there with you. If Luck stays, yes. Okay, but with Andrew Luck staying, it, like if we would have done this episode and Andrew Luck hadn't retired, I was planning this out a while ago. I was going to come on here and say, you know what? I expect the uh, they were going to be my prediction to win the Super Bowl the Indianapolis Colts this year. So now you take them away. Okay, what do you have? You have a solid backup who has shown some starting ability, I think, in Jacoby Brissett. He Uh started a lot of games a couple years ago. You've got a backup in Chad Kelly, who I think is... You know, is is uh, related to Jim Kelly, and Correct. I th- he's had he, he's kind of a head case in some ways. He parties too much, but he seems like a lot of potential going forward. So I kind of like their quarterback room. It's just not Andrew Luck. They still have maybe the best O line in the league, mm-hmm. which I've talked about. How important that you is. Have. Yep. They have an incredible running back room. Uh, they've got Marlon Mack, who I really like, who was a beast last year. Naeem Hines is an excellent pass catching back. They signed Spencer Ware, uh, who's hurt now, but I mean I like him a lot. And then on defense, they have play. They have guys all over the place. They have that Rocky Sin they drafted. They signed Justin Houston. I like them, and I think it's really easy to be down on them right now. And I like the Indianapolis Colts to win the worst division in football in the AFC South. Obviously, the Chiefs in the West. And even though they're missing Derwin James, I am going to say, and and Melvin Gordon for the foreseeable future, I'm going to see that the LA Chargers get a wild card spot. And I'm going to say that the New York Jets get a wow. wild card spot. I think Sam Darnold and Le'Veon and Robbie Anderson and Jamison Crowder and that Quinn and Williams looks like, uh, as advertised, a beast mm-hmm. on the defense. Uh, Leonard Williams is still there, forgotten about. Could have been a first overall pick years ago and fell to the Jets. There's a lot to like in the with the Jets. I'd love to see them win the division like a lot of people would, but can't quite predict it yet. But yeah, I'm going to say the Cleveland Browns finish one spot out of a playoff spot. Wow. Um, I'm impressed. Um, I'm impressed that you have the cojones to take the Indianapolis Colts in the AFC South. Because if you look at my piece of paper here under the AFC South, I say nobody. Yeah. And I I thought about saying that. I just don't have the warm and fuzzies about anybody in that division after what happened with the news of Andrew Luck's retirement. But in the AFC East, again, I've got to take the New England Patriots. Do I want to take the New England Patriots? No. Chris has brought some very, you know, very real real stuff to the table in regard to the New York Jets are better. I think even with the Bagulias, I think Buffalo will be better. Yes. I think Josh Allen will be better. Oh, yeah. I think they're going to be better because they got rid of Shady McCoy this week and yeah. they've got some they got a couple of young running backs they got some guy i can't remember his Devin name Devin Singletary thank you very on much on almost everyone from fantasy Florida teams. from Florida Atlantic is going to be a, a future stud they brought back 93 year old Frank Gore mm-hmm. to to uh lean on as an old veteran presence i think buffalo is going to be better but i still have to give the new england patriots the afc east division championship in the nfc afc south because i can't take nobody you're going to be surprised by this, but I think this is where you're going to see Nick Foles play Boy. a role. Oof. I know, I know, but you're taking the Indianapolis Colts with Jacoby Brissett, and and I like that pick. 
I don't, my cojones aren't that big. I'm going with the Jacksonville Jaguars because of Nick Foles. I think I'm going with the Jacksonville Jaguars because of a hopefully motivated Leonard Fournette, who they desperately need at running back for this to be, to come anywhere near fruition. But remember this. Two years ago, Jacksonville was one quarter from going to the Super Bowl and they rolled that defense. And that defense is still pretty goddamn good. They're giving the middle linebacker from UCLA a big contract extension, Mac. Uh, Miles um, Jack. Miles Jack, excuse me, thank you. Um, I knew it was Mac, Jack, track, something. Uh, But I think there's a lot to be excited about in Jacksonville. And I just believe that the difference will be that A, they play in the AFC South. And the second thing is, is that I truly believe that at quarterback, Nick Foles isn't going to blow anybody away, but he's a proven commodity with playoff and Super Bowl experience, and anything is better at that most pivotal position than Blake Bortles. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Um, In the AFC North, this may surprise you a little bit, but I agree with you. I think the demise of the Pittsburgh Steelers I'm not ready to throw dirt on their on their grave yet. Um, I'm not totally sold on them. But again, like the AFC South, I think this is a weakened division. I really do. Cincinnati is two guaranteed wins for everybody in that division. They're terrible. Um, you know, Cleveland is the popular choice, and they could be very good. And they could, and like Chris said, with the seven-man front on defense, they could be impenetrable. But... We also have to look at it this way. Baker Mayfield may have a meltdown somewhere Mm -hmm. because he still is an immature asshole in some respects. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a huge Baker Mayfield fan, but I will say this. I think Cleveland makes a playoff. So here I go. AFC North goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. The AFC West, I believe that Helen Keller could make this pick and go with the Kansas City Chiefs. The first wild card position, I believe, even without Melvin Gordon and even without Derwin James, I believe goes to the Los Angeles Chargers. Mm-hmm. And the second wild card position I am going to give to John Dorsey, uh, Freddie Kitchens, and the rest of that revised front office, the old Green Bay East. I'm going to give that second wild card position in the AFC to the Cleveland Browns. Congratulations. And that's and that's totally fair. It's hard to argue with that. So I, I have nothing uh bad to say about that. What I'd like to do is I'd like us to each make a pick. I want us to say our prediction for uh going for at the end of this year, who is going to be the worst team in the AFC and the worst team in the NFC. Dead last in each conference. That's easy. Helen Keller could make this one too. In the NFC, it's going to be the Arizona Cardinals. In the AFC, it's going to be the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, it's it's pretty easy. I'm wondering if Cincinnati might try and make a play for that. Well, but here's the thing. Um, I truly believe that Cincinnati still has a few athletes on their roster. Yeah, they do. Now that the Dolphins have made these trades, they shipped off their left tackle. They shipped Kiko Alonso to uh, the New Orleans Saints. Obviously, the Miami Dolphins are in a rebuild. The Miami Dolphins may not win a game. It's it's absolutely possible. Although, you know what the funny thing is? I think they're, one of their best shots is week one. They're at home. Ryan Fitzpatrick yep. is amazing in week one every year. Yep, that's Last right. year, he beat the Saints playing for the Bucks. He started off amazingly well in the for the Jets a couple years ago. Yep. In week one, 
Ryan Fitzpatrick is a hell of a quarterback, and it's just that he get and they're at home against an overrated and they're uh, Baltimore six, defense, and they're getting six and a half against the Ravens. Is it six and a half six now? Six and a half. Oh, because uh, all summer it was four. Now it's six and a hook. Ooh, that's a tempting one. As of this morning, it's six and a half, and we will be going through our week one pit yeah. picks. As I mentioned earlier, um, I have gotten the most recent odds off the Bovada website uh, in Las Vegas, and um, I think we should start right now. Yep. Um, just real quick, though, I wanted to make mention of this. And at the very end of this broadcast, we will give our Super Bowl predictions. But I do want to make this national, the NFC Defensive Player of the Year, Aaron Donald of the Los Angeles Rams. Sure. NFC Offensive Player of the Year, I have changed. Mm-hmm. I originally had Devontae Adams of the Green Bay Packers. I have changed that to Saquon Barkley of the New York Giants. I think Barkley is the most important player to his team in the NFL. The Giants aren't going to win a bunch of games, but the games that they do win are going to be because of Saquon Barkley. AFC Defensive Player of the Year, Von Miller of the Denver Broncos. And here's going to one that's going to blow your socks off. AFC Offensive Player of the Year, Leonard Fournette of the Jacksonville Jaguars. What? <laughs> Damn straight. How are you not taking... Okay, if you believe... In Nick, okay, so who are you taking in the AFC South then? AFC South, I'm going with the Jacksonville. Oh, Jaguars. you are. Oh, okay, okay, that makes sense. That what Leonard Fournette. Some Leonard people are Fournette, saying that bounce back, but wow, Leonard Fournette. I and and again, this was a knee jerk reaction to something that I read last night that he has lost a lot of weight, totally committed himself. He feels like he's let his teammates down, his organization down, and those are words that Leonard has no idea how to spell or what they mean because he went to LSU in the Southeastern Conference, but he is also a stud running back, and if the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to make any noise this year, they have to have number 27 healthy and being a contributing factor to this football team, and I think he can do it. Wow, that's a controversial pick. Okay, no question. Mine are just off the top of my head because I hadn't prepared those, right. but I'll do them. Uh, totally agree with Aaron Donald. That's an easy one. Uh, and then NFC offensive player. I am, and again, this is not. This has nothing to do with Mike. I am all in on the Green Bay Packers this year. I'm picking Aaron Rodgers for NFC offensive player of the year. I think he. I'm hoping he stays healthy. He's had b- enough bad luck the last couple yeah. of years with his health. I think that he should have a full season this year. I'm trying to draft him in fantasy if it's not too late. And because uh, I don't like to overdraft quarterbacks, but uh, he's he's fantastic. And I'm, I've got the Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams stack, as they call it, in a lot of my teams where, you know, all those touchdowns, I'm basically getting double points, which is great. Uh, in the AFC, I'm going to go pretty on the AFC offensive player of the year. I'm going to go pretty predictable and I'm going to go Patrick Mahomes. I think quarterbacks get a lot of uh, bias when it comes to the voting there. AFC Defensive Player of the Year, and this somewhat contradicts my prediction of them missing the playoffs, but I just think this guy is terrifying to play against. I am going with Miles Garrett of the Cleveland Browns. That is a scary pass rusher. That is a legitimate first overall pick, and I I like him. So, yeah, like Miles Garrett, there you go. I like that pick, sir. Very good. Let's get going here as we again say hi and welcome you to this 387th episode of unscripted with mike and chris mike jansen chris fluke with you um let's start week number one Mm -hmm. starts thursday uh from soldier field in chicago the bears host the packers for the 
Oh, I don't know. The 2000th time. I don't know what it is. The Packers have a three game. They've got a 97, 95, and six. That's the overall record. The Packers have a two game lead. Um, Chicago comes in as three point favorites. I am taking the Bears. Um, I just think new offensive system, new coach, new offense, uh, as I mentioned, new offensive system. Aaron Rodgers has not played. During the preseason, not that that's a huge detriment. Rodgers has been around, obviously, for 13 years. But I just think that at any time, especially in the very early parts of the season, the defense is always ahead of the offense. And I think if this game was played in Green Bay, I'd give Green Bay the the, the nod. But since this is being played in Chicago, their home opener, I think the Bears uh, are going to win this game. It's going to be close. But uh, as much as it pains me to say, I'm taking the Bears over the Packers. Both ways? Oh, yeah, both ways. Well, what's the spread? The spread is three. Bears by three. I am going Bears both ways. Unbelievable. Wow. I never would have expected that. Uh, last year in week one, the Bears played the Packers, and Aaron Rodgers got hurt, and the Packers scored, I believe, zero points in the first half, and then yep. 24 in the second half, and one by a point, and Aaron Rodgers basically beat them in one half of football on one leg. And it's going to be more of the same. I think Aaron Rodgers has their number. I think the Bears will be overrated this year. They lost Bryce Callahan. They're incredibly important, incredibly yeah. talented slot corner to the Denver Broncos. That's right. And they lost Adrian Amos to these same Green Bay Packers. And I am predict. I've been saying this for a few weeks now, or a few months. I've been saying ever since this signing was announced, when the Packers signed those four guys in one day, I've been saying I think Adrian Amos is going to intercept Mitch Trubisky twice in that game minimum once but I'm going with twice in the same game I don't think the Bears are going to win that game at all I think that this is going to be a showcase for Aaron Rodgers and this is going to be sort of his coming out party for brand new year brand new season brand new top to bottom roster of the Green Bay Packers I've easily got the Packers both ways I this was one of my to me easiest picks of the week interesting I'm from Wisconsin and it sounds like I'm from Illinois um I I just you know how bad I want the Packers to win. I'm just trying to just be realistic. I think that it would have been helpful if Rodgers could have gotten some snaps during the preseason. Uh, we will see, though. I just uh, It'll be very, very interesting. He's if this, light if this game was in Green Bay, I would have a different outcome. Sure. Um, Sunday, September 8th, we've got a crap load of games that we'll get through, and we'll start... Um, with the Cleveland Browns, as we start a new era, we start the John Dorsey era, the Freddie Kitchens era in Cleveland. Cleveland is the home team at First Energy Stadium in Cleveland, and the Browns host the Tennessee Titans, and the Browns are 5.5, five, point, uh, five and a half point favorites in this game. Um, not a lot of analysis here. And for me, Tennessee, I'm still not impressed with Marcus Mariota. I think this is a huge year for him. Still not impressed with the head coach, Mike Vrabel. I'm going Cleveland both straight up and against the spread. Oh, wow. Five and a half. That kind of changes things. I had been seeing a lot of six point. Oh, no, it is. Yeah. I, I even the, where I'm looking is five and a half too. I was thinking I've seen spreads that have Cleveland at six six and a half type, type yeah. thing. Yeah. And then I like the Titans to cover. I'll take the Browns outright. Wow. Five and a half is right on the border for me. That's a tricky, trickly seven. I'm not high on Tennessee this year. Neither am I. Oh, but yeah. And Mario, the thing is Tannehill's look better than right. 
right. Mariota in training right. camp, which is a, just a nightmare. Boy, Derrick Henry, unreliable. I like their O line, but don't they? Isn't Taylor Lewan suspended? He is first three or oh, four games. Okay, I, I have to say I love Tennessee's secondary, and like Kevin Byard is awesome. But okay, no Taylor Lewan. They're a running based offense. Yes, Cleveland both both. Cleveland both ways. All right, let's go down to South Florida. And I don't mean to make a joke of this. This game may, may have weather implications because of this hurricane that's supposedly coming down on the Florida coast. It'll be interesting to see. Um, Now, again, we've got a week. Who knows? But uh, Baltimore visits South Florida to take on the Dolphins. Um, I thought... My friend and partner just brought up some great points about the Miami Dolphins in regard to their starting quarterback. They've named Ryan Fitzpatrick or whatever the hell his name mm-hmm. is. Yeah, that's it. They've named the guy from Harvard. Too smart for the NFL. Um, Baltimore comes in as six and a half point favorites on the road. I'm actually, I've been, this one's been hard for me. I'll be totally honest with you, but I'm going to go with Baltimore straight up, but I'm taking the Dolphins. I think, as Chris made mention earlier, this is be the one time. See, right now, the Dolphins are still in a playoff position. They're 0-0. Zero and zero. They haven't lost their 14th straight game. Um, and, you know, if you remember, last year as a quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Ryan Fitzpatrick went into New Orleans and kicked the shit out of the New, out of the New Orleans Saints. So, for some reason, Fitzpatrick is really good on opening day. And I think just having that in the back of my mind, I'm going Baltimore- Straight up, but against the spread, I'm taking the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, I think at the very least, Ryan Fitzpatrick, if nothing else, is gonna is it gonna be a great garbage time quarterback? And so I think on the road, like that's a lot of points for a very risky new offense. So I think that uh, Baltimore Ravens should find a way to beat the worst team in the league, even on the road. But yeah, I agree. I think that uh, I don't see a reason that they would win by that much. And the strength of the Miami Dolphins defense is Xavier Howard, the cornerback, and they're not going to throw enough for him to make an impact, I don't think, in this game. So it's going to be all rushing all the time. And I don't think Miami's good enough uh, with the coaching or the players to make enough adjustments uh, for that offense. Whereas I think a lot of better teams are going to adjust very well to Lamar Jackson and make him look really silly. But I, I think that, yeah, I agree with you. Baltimore straight up, Miami against the spread. And uh, yeah, whether... Uh, implications would be interesting though because if it's really windy that would really hurt ryan fitzpatrick's no question. Deep ball ability no question and who knows if this this uh, hurricane makes landfall and does the damage because it's now been uh moved up to a category five um who knows pro player stadium might not be available next sunday who knows but i mean but, the, the miami dolphins have openly said they're tanking they want to get to a tag of Valoa. Uh, very good I, uh, no that was perfect oh was it okay it's tough to say that i've been trying to study it a bit. <laughs> See, i call him Tua because i can't say it yeah mm. it's tough but anyway yeah they're trying to get him to be their franchise quarterback they could go 0 and 16 absolutely i don't see any way they win more than one or two games but if they're if they're going to win a game week one's as good a shot as any no question uh let's continue we're going to the u.s bank stadium in minneapolis minnesota the atlanta falcons take on the vikings the Vikings open the game as three and a half point favorites. I've made Atlanta a playoff team in my uh, my picks, um, but in this one, Minnesota home opener. You know, it's not perfect in Minnesota. They still have Kirk Cousins as a quarterback. I think that's going to be that signing is going to be the one 
that Ziggy Wolf and his son Mark are going to drink a lot over that decision to guarantee that Yahoo, who should be nothing more, in my opinion, than a career backup, and they guarantee his $84 million contract, I think that's the one that's going to come back and bite the Vikings in the ass. I enjoy that because as a Packer fan, but uh, in this case, week one in Minnesota, I'm taking the Vikings. Again, the point spread is Vikings are favored by three and a half. I'm taking the Vikings both ways. I'm going to take the Falcons both ways here. Good for you. I, I need some upsets here, and I like this one. I've mentioned how Atlanta's going to play 13 of their 16 games in a dome and none in cold weather, and I think this is great. I know the Vikings have a very strong home field advantage, but there's a lot not to like there. Dalvin Cook is very injury-prone. The offensive line sucks. Kirk Cousins is not good as a starter. Uh, they've lost a couple of guys on the defense, I believe, and uh, yeah, there's just some some issues there. I just don't trust the Vikings at all this year. If this was in Atlanta, I'd make it a slam dunk for the Falcons. But I'm just going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say uh, Falcons both ways. Okay, let's continue on. And um, we're going next to, where are we going? Yeah, here we go. Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia. The Philadelphia, the homestanding Philadelphia Eagles are eight and a half point favorites against their division rivals, the Washington Redskins. Um, I can't let the cat out of the bag, but I'm very high on the Philadelphia Eagles this year. I think that Howie Roseman is the best general manager in the league. He did a great job by bringing in a proven backup quarterback because we know Carson Wentz gets hurt falling out of a goddamn shower. So is is he ever going to make it a full 16-game season? Hell no. Um, but, you know, I still like Philly's defense. I still like everything about Philadelphia. I think Doug Peterson does a great job there. Um, it, it's a class organization. Jeffrey Lurie has done an unbelievable job. And, uh, I know eight and a half is a big number. I also know that the Washington uh, Redskins are starting case Keenum at quarterback. That's scary in and of itself. They don't have their all pro left tackle Trent Williams. Uh, Washington's defense has never been top notch. I'm actually taking the homestanding Philadelphia Eagles, both against the spread and uh, straight up. So am I. Washington is a tire fire. They're a disaster. I like that tire fire. Yeah. I gotta remember that. Yeah, <laughs> Case Keenum uh, is the average at best. And Dwayne Haskins, I think, will be a solid starter in this league, but he's still very raw. All of his throws are either amazing or terrible. And so I, I think they have a lot of work to do. Trent Williams is still holding out their star left tackle, who this is how good Trent Williams is. Last year, he allowed zero sacks. Right. As a left tackle. Like, that's just... Like, I don't know what else you can say. It's just unbelievable. He has vowed never to play for the Redskins right. again. He's very upset with the team. And without him, it's just not the same. They have no receivers at all. Uh, you know, all they've got is the Bama boys. They've got that good defensive front and not much else. So, yeah, no, they're a, they're a disaster. Philly both ways all day. MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey is where we're going next. The Buffalo Bills, um, they go east and kind of south, going to uh, New York, New Jersey, take on the Jets, the new and improved Jets. lot to like with the Jets. I really like Le'Veon Bell. I can't wait to watch Le'Veon Bell play football again after not playing last year. I think Sam Darnold is, is much improved. I have some questions about their offensive line, but their defense looks really, really good. Um, this number here is the one that I have, is the New York Jets are three-point favorites coming into this game. And I think this one, I know, and I mentioned about, I'm, I think Buffalo's improved, yada, yada, yada. The difference here is home field. 
and I think that's worth three points to the homestanding Jets. I'm taking the Jets both ways. Yeah, so am I, and I, I agree with everything you said there, including the Bills being much improved. I like both teams to improve a lot this year. I recently just talked this week about why I like the Jets, so I won't say any more, but uh, yeah, Jets both ways. I think that if this game was in, in uh, Buffalo, I would have a different outcome. Possibly, yeah. I, I do believe sure. that. Um, let's go to um, Carolina. Bank of America Stadium, downtown Charlotte, North Carolina. The homestanding Panthers play host to the defending National Football Conference champion Los Angeles Rams. The Rams come in as the road favorite. The Rams are three-point favorites. I love the Rams. They're my second favorite team. I love Sean McVay. Um, I think if you have a healthy Todd Gurley, there's a different scenario and a different outcome in last year's Super Bowl. I really do. When Gurley got the ball, he contributed, but he was not healthy, obviously, and that's a main reason why the... the, uh, uh, New England Patriots held the LA Rams to three points. I truly believe that Todd Gurley is that much of a difference maker. And here's the funny thing. I got to report this and this really, when Clay Matthews, and you know where he used to play outside linebacker for the Green Bay Packers. I don't like him as an outside linebacker and I'm glad he's out of Green Bay as an outside linebacker. But when he got his first initial contract offer from the Los Angeles Rams, uh, Matthews went back to the Packers, offered to take a pay cut. And I've just learned this was this week. I knew he had offered to take a pay cut, but I didn't know that he offered to play on the inside. And the Packers still said no. That pisses me off because Clay Matthews can still contribute as an inside linebacker on a team that doesn't have an inside linebacker, meaning the Green Bay Packers. And I wish in this case that Gutekunst would have opened his mind a little bit and thought about the long-term ramifications of having Clay Matthews on the inside. He's going to play inside linebacker as his primary position with the Los Angeles Rams. They don't need him as an outside rusher. So I wish in this case, because when, and I'm going back to the Packers here, we don't have anybody right now to line up next to Martinez. And it sure would be nice to have Clay Matthews to line up next to Blake Martinez on Thursday night in Chicago. So having said all that and not being a fan of the Carolina Panthers and being less of a fan of Cam Newton, he's more famous about what he wears to the stadium anymore than what he does on the goddamn field. So it's a three-point number. I like the Rams. They're on a mission to go back and finish what they didn't do last year. I have the Rams both ways. This is the hardest pick of the week for me. I have no idea I can't figure it out so I will just do what I typically do in this situation where I will take the Rams straight up and I will take the Panthers plus the points I don't like the Rams being favored so easily flying across the country three time zones and having to play on the east coast I yeah that's that's a bit tricky to start the year and I do like Carolina a lot this year there's a lot to like there like I said that front seven that defensive front against a weakened offensive line for the Rams very unpredictable what would happen should be a great game I expect some really really great stuff in that game but uh yeah that I'm gonna hedge my bets like that all right let's go on to um hmm, there we go the other Los Angeles team um the Los Angeles Chargers play their last stadium in that makeshift dump in Carson California the the soccer pitch god I hate that 32,000 fans. Now, Indianapolis, if Andrew Luck was playing, I believe that the Colts would have more fans in that band box than the LA Chargers. But um, the number is seven, and that number is seven because of Andrew Luck's retirement. That number would not be seven if Andrew Luck 
was playing next Sunday for the Indianapolis Colts. But since he has not, um, I think there are some pieces certainly on this Indianapolis team. I'm still surprised, even before Andrew Luck retired, I'm surprised, and I've said this many times, I'm surprised that more people didn't, meaning players, didn't look at Indianapolis as a free agent destination. They had the money. They've got the facilities. They play indoors. Indiana is a state-free tax. Uh, state, excuse me. So I don't know. Um, maybe Jim Mercy, you know, bothers some people. I don't know. But what I do know is Indianapolis still has some workable parts, but they're not winning this game. But what I am going to say is that against the spread, I'm taking the Indianapolis Colts, but straight up I'm going Los Angeles Chargers. This is a tough one. I mean, this this was actually my toughest pick of the week when Luck was playing. It was three points, and it was very, very hard. And it's still really hard, actually, in terms of against the spread. Yeah, definitely take the Chargers straight up. I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to take the Chargers minus seven as well. Uh, but I think it'll be close. I think the Colts will put up a fight. I don't think they get more than touchdowns, so maybe it ends up being a push. If it was seven and a half, I might have a tougher time taking them, but I think the Chargers can cover seven. I think they'll be ready to go. I think they'll put up a lot of points in week one, and uh, and I like them a lot, and uh, it's too bad about Derwin James and Melvin Gordon, but yeah, okay. I'll, I'll take a chance there. All right, let's go to Seattle and uh, Century Link Field in Seattle. Uh, the coffee capital of the world, um, with their new and improved uh, defensive line with the acquisition of Jadavian Clowney, the Seattle Seahawks are nine-and-a-half-point favorites on Sunday afternoon, next Sunday afternoon, against the Wobegon, oh, I love that word, Wobegon Cincinnati Bengals. This is also, just for everybody to know, this is my lock pick of the week. Seattle, both ways. Cincinnati is already down five, and they haven't even shown up at the stadium. That's how bad the fucking Bengals are. Um, I know you like the Bengals, their jerseys and everything else, but this team is going the wrong direction. I feel sorry for the new young... You always like the jerseys. That's all I'm saying. Oh, yeah, 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 totally. The new guy, the Joseph, I think that, the new coach? Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor, sorry. Zach Taylor, I feel sorry for him. First NFL coaching job, and it's got to be in Cincinnati and working for the Brown family. Poor bastard. Um, this again is my lock of the week. Seattle, both ways. Yeah, this is my lock too. And they've been nine and a half point favorites all summer. So the Jadevian Clowney so far didn't even do anything. Didn't even move. But I mean, how high are you going to go once you get into 10 plus? Like that's getting into crazy territory. Because like you said, Cincinnati does have some good players. Joe Mixon, Andy Dalton's passable. They've still got uh, Dunlap on defense and a couple other pieces. So uh, yeah, there's, there's lots to like really there. So uh, but no, I, they, they're my lock of the week. Uh, I think Russell Wilson will have a field day with them. And Clowney now against that completely non-existent offensive line. The The Bengals offensive line, they have they had three players on their offense, like of any of any talent at all. And Clint Bowling retired uh, in this offseason. And uh, Josiah Williams, their rookie, he's right, out he for the hurt. year. Yeah. And then they have Cordy Glenn, who's I heard is I think is hurt again. He's always hurt. He's great when he's healthy, which is never. And <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, really talented guy, but man, does he injury prone? And so you know, the best yeah. offensive lineman still in the NFL for the Cincinnati Bengals. Hmm. He happens to play, I believe, left tackle for the LA Rams. Andrew oh, Whitworth. Andrew Worth. Yeah, they never should have let him go. Never should have let him go. Yeah, he's still. I don't eight. care how old he is. He's no, still a he's goddamn what, he's good football 38 player. Thirty-seven, thirty-eight this year. Yeah, he's still a good football ageless player. Ageless wonder. He's fantastic. So yeah, I'm glad the Rams still have him. But yeah, uh, Seahawks both ways all day. This is going to be one of those classic 
Seahawks at home, 50 to 10 games. Yep. It's, 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 yeah, it's going to be a, a, they're just going to murder them. Cincinnati is going to be, have a very long year. And Zach Taylor, yeah. <clears throat> find a hobby. Um, AT&T Stadium, Jerry's World in Arlington, Texas is where we're going next. Dallas, New York Giants, traditional NFC East rivals. The Cowboys come in as seven-point favorites. Um, I know New York. Um, not a big fan. Not a big fan of Daniel Jones. Even less of a fan of Eli Manning. But this is a rivalry game. They always seem to play close. It doesn't matter. Dallas is still Dallas, even though I do think they're improved. They're not improved enough to win the division. But uh, I have in this game, I'm going to have the Giants against the spread. Again, they're getting seven, and I have Dallas straight up. Well, there's no question I'm taking the Giants plus the points. Like you said, it seems like these guys play three-point games every time. So seven, I mean, seven's way too much for a, a blood rivalry, a blood feud like this for sure. So I really like the New York Giants plus the points. In terms of straight up, this is tough. We're getting reports today that Ezekiel Elliott uh, could sign as early as today. Talks are intensifying, and it's sounding really optimistic. It sounded like, you know, he was in Cabo, then he comes back, sounded close. Then it sounded like they had a snag in the good negotiations, and then he flies back to Cabo. But now it seems like they're really serious, and they're saying, you know what, let's just pay this guy. Let's just lock him up for a long time. He's leading the league in yards the last three years total. And I, I think that uh, he's going to probably sign maybe today or any hour or any day now. So I think that's going to be fine uh, for them. Boy, if he's there, uh, I guess I almost have to give it to Dallas. I will tentatively take Dallas straight up right now. Uh, I'm going to reserve the right by the time I post our picks on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash unscriptedmc. Haven't got the new website going yet haven't seen the one we want to use it doesn't seem to be up yet so i'm gonna stick with uh we'll stick with patreon right now and i will upload the picks before game time on thursday when the bears play the packers but uh i I will for now tentatively take dallas straight up but i will reserve the right to take the new york giants straight up i'm going to think about that no question taking the giants plus seven i mean that's not even a question doesn't matter if zeke's playing or not uh, there's no way that those teams are just always three-point games it just happened they play every year it's the same thing they always play new york giants at dallas cowboys in dallas it's a week one tradition they always do it but uh you know and it's usually an exciting close game three-point game no question, Giants plus the points. But yeah, I'll take Dallas uh, straight up for right now, but we'll see. I might change it before game time. You have the right to do that. Um, let's continue on. This was my second lock of the week, and my second lock of the week is happening at, uh, well, they're calling it State Farm Stadium now in Glendale. Used to be University something, but it doesn't matter. They still suck down there in Arizona. Um, the Arizona Cardinals might be the most dysfunctional organization in sports. They've had uh, two front office ex- uh, executives get DUIs the last two years. Both have been fined $200,000. Doesn't seem to deter them any. They must have one hell of a bar in the front offices of the Arizona Cardinals. They spend draft capital two years in a row on on what they thought were going to be number one quarterbacks. Um, it's just they don't know what they're doing. They're rudderless. They're clueless. And... Uh, 
you know, they've got a pretty boy running the team that's coming off a 5-8-1 and one season at freaking Texas Tech. So come on. And you make him the head coach and you let him and you let him do what he wants with the number one pick when you've got problems all over the roster and you go and draft another quarterback. That's brilliance, baby. That's why. And you know, it's funny. Remember we had talked about one of our last episodes and I brought up the point that the Arizona Cardinals are really the oldest team in the National Football League. They started in Chicago, went to St. Louis, been to Arizona. They've been around over 100 years, still no championships. That's 100 years of crap is what that is. Um, this could be the lock of the week, too, if, if you don't want to have the same one because we both took Cincinnati in the Seattle game. If you want me to go on this one, I'll take this as the lock of the week. I hate Detroit. I liked your buddy, the, the fantasy guy, but I hate Detroit. Um, but they're two-and-a-half-point favorites. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They're going to Arizona. I have Detroit both ways. Yeah, me too. Lions both ways. I wouldn't call it a lock simply because I could see the whole... No one's seen any tape on this, like Kyler Murray at the NFL level in the regular season or Cliff Kingsbury, how he's going to translate. So it's possible, especially against the Lions, who aren't anything special. I could see for a week or two or three... It could look like it's going to be good and people could get excited and people like, what is this crap? We haven't really seen this. We're not really ready for whatever weird stuff they're doing. I could see it working for a bit, so I wouldn't make it a lock pick for week one. But whether they suck right off the bat or they just the wheels fall off after a few weeks, either way, the Cardinals will suck and will be uh, at the absolute bottom of the NFL standings. But... Uh, for now, I wouldn't make it a lock, but I'm definitely taking lines both ways because this whole experiment just has failure written all over it. We have made mention of this many times that um, there was a young man that was, oh yeah, the guy for Chicago, uh, the quarterback, Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky. Right. I was on his ass the first year because remember, he had only had 13 collegiate starts. Well, people forget this, but the baseball player, Kyler Murray, had 13 collegiate starts. Now, he won the Heisman Trophy and obviously was producing at a prolific at a prolific rate, but he was in an offensive-driven uh, program in Oklahoma with an offensive coordinator posing as the head coach in regard to Lincoln Riley. It's totally different when you're playing in the, in the National Football League, and I think there's going to be some struggle at the beginning for the former second baseman of the Oakland A's. Um, San Francisco at Tampa Bay is where we're going next. Raymond James Stadium. Um, San Francisco, and oh, this game is actually even. They've made this an even game all as of su- this morning. Su- Did you see something else? Uh, well, all summer they've had Tampa as like a one-point favorite. This morning thing. they had them at even. Uh, here and here I've got Tampa as a one-point favorite. So whatever you want, we can go even if you want. Doesn't matter to me. Um, what I'm seeing right now is again, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm. I'm with here with Ryan. I'm I'm sinking ships with the 49ers. I'm taking the Niners both ways. I don't care if it's at minus one or even. Uh, I just I I do like uh, Bruce Arians. I think potentially he'll get them going in the right direction. But I'm still to this day not sold on the quarterback from Florida State. And uh, I just think again, it's going to take some time to get Arians's offense, which obviously was probably much more. Uh, intricate than the predecessor Dirk, whatever the hell his name, Cotter, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. Uh, Tampa Bay will probably be better, but it's going to be next year where they make, I think, a, a, a big improvement. I think San Francisco's got enough uh, at minus one or at even. I think San Francisco's got enough to win both ways. 
This is another really tough one. Man, all summer I was looking at it and thinking, why is Tampa favored even at home? They're terrible, and the Niners should be really good. And now I'm just thinking about it, and Bruce Arians is just amazing as a coach. Yeah. I think he's I, really going to... I gonna, agree. I agree. He's going to help smarten up uh, Jameis Winston in a few ways. They've That's got a dynamic it. passing offense, not much for the run. Boy, but I mean, the Niners, it's the classic thing. Niners have to fly all the way across the country, yeah. three time zones. Uh, it's a, it's an afternoon game in Tampa in early September. It's going to be hot uh, as hell. Ta- ta- it's going to be humid. Not, th- not that uh, the Niners aren't used to, you know, hot, humid weather necessarily, but uh, Tampa's even, you know, quite a bit farther south even. And, uh, you know, Tampa will wear their white jerseys probably at home and make the other team sweat it out in their dark jerseys. Not that the Niners have the darkest jerseys, but man, you know, all summer I've been thinking I would take uh, the Niners both ways, but... I'm. I might go out on a limb here. I might. I'm going to take Tampa both ways, just because I, I haven't been that happy with the Niners. I've been disappointed in them this summer. So yeah, I'm going to try that. Sounds good. Um, let's see. The Sunday night game would find the defending world's uh, super, the defending uh, world champion New England Patriots hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers. Bill Belichick's boys come in as six point favorites at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, Massachusetts. Um, New England is going to be New England every year. Pittsburgh, um, obviously, I still think there's something left in the tank. Uh, losing Antonio Brown, as we found out, is not that big a thing. He can't even find a fucking helmet. So, <laughs> um, you know what? Pittsburgh, they have had some things that have happened to him the last couple of years that are not the norm in Pittsburgh. Uh, players bitching about this and yada, yada, yada. But the bottom line here is, Pittsburgh is is one of the preeminent franchises in the National Football League. They've got a veteran quarterback. They've got a veteran head coach. I think what happens here is I still think New England wins their home opener. But remember, even the last couple of years, the New England Patriots have gotten off to kind of semi-slow starts. But I think this year they win the game straight up. But I like Pittsburgh against the spread. I'm taking the Patriots both ways here because their their record at home is unbelievable. I expect any of their uh, poorer performances to happen on the road, typically. And also, Bill Belichick, his record, never mind having all summer, just when he gets, let's say, ten any extra time to prepare, yep. 10 days instead yep. of 7 if he's a Thursday, then a Sunday, anytime he gets even an extra day, he's unbelievably he's practically he might as well be undefeated practically and you give him all summer to prepare a lot of these teams like seattle when they were good new england many years they get off to a slow start it's like they don't really care that much and then they just kind of turn it on late and that does ha- that could happen to a degree but i i think they're going to win uh, both ways here and i think belichick will have them ready and he's had all year and he's already familiar with the pittsburgh steelers yep uh especially in big games so i, I think he knows exactly what to do against them and, uh, yeah, I, I've got the Patriots both ways. We just have the two Monday night games, and because this has become a, a staple of, of week one in the National Football League, two Monday night games, both done by ESPN. The first one will have the Houston, Ast- uh, Houston Astros. Jesus Christ, how dumb am I? Mm-hmm. The Houston Texans dra- uh, traveling 200 miles east to go to the uh, Mercedes-Benz Superdome in New Orleans. The Saints, the homestanding Saints, come in as a seven-point favorite. Um, Houston, not sold on him. I love JJ Watt. I like Deshaun Watson. I like Hopkins, the wide receiver. Um, but not enough. I think New Orleans is a team that could potentially be in the thick of things for 
to at least represent the NFC in the Super Bowl home opener. Last year, they didn't take their opponent strong enough. I think Sean Payton has probably made that very clear this week with the Saints that this is not the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is the Houston Texans. Let's, uh, you know, let's play better this year, boys. I have the uh, New Orleans Saints winning against the spread and straight up. Yeah, I've got New Orleans both ways too. There's no doubt I was going to take New Orleans at home straight up. Uh, Houston, I was a bit worried about and I was wondering... But now with this clowny trade and the team falling apart, morale's got to be low. Yep, absolutely. Honestly, I just and they have no old. I and and the Saints' defense is much better than it has been. I mean, it started being good last year, but it's been much better than it was in previous years. Um, yeah, I'm taking New Orleans both ways, and they're going to be pissed off. To don't forget, like they're still seething over that ridiculous non-penalty last year against the Rams. They feel like they should be the Super Bowl champs right now. They've been just seething about this all summer for months. They are going to be like caged animals, I think. The only thing that holds them back to me is Sean Payton, who I like as a coach, but man, in the first two games of the year, man, does he have a bad record. Well, and not only that, I mean, they should be pissed off for two years in a row. Remember what happened to him with the Minneapolis Miracle two years ago? And that too, yeah. And then last year, what happened in the NFC Championship game with the non-call or whatever it was in regard to the Los Angeles Rams. So I agree. Uh, Peyton, he's a good coach. He's from the Parcells tree. But uh, again, I think Houston is in such disarray they don't. They're rudderless right now. They don't have leadership, and Butchin is not the guy to try and go out and find leadership in the next, you know, eight days before they open mm-hmm. their season mm-hmm. in New Orleans. The last, uh, the last matchup in Week One is a, the is probably the most recognizable old AFC matchup: the Denver Broncos and the Oakland Raiders. The last season opener in Oakland. Next year they'll be opening in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. I hope to be there. Um, Denver at Oakland. This game has been made even right now. Um, I don't know what you have in front of you, but uh, this will be the last home opener in the Oakland Coliseum. And uh, I think right now, Oakland, uh, I think Oakland right now is better than Denver. And I'm going to, at even, I'm going to take the Oakland Raiders both ways. I don't think Denver has enough offensively. It might be a tightly contested defensive game but I'm still not sold on Joe Flacco and really any of the offensive members of the Denver Broncos football team. I'm going to take the Broncos both ways. I just think the Raiders are, you know, just a complete mess right now. And uh, I could see this being one of the maximum two games they win in the first seven weeks. Andrew Luck's retirement gives them a hope in a few weeks when they Mm -hmm. go to Indy. Mm -hmm. So maybe they win three of their first seven at most, but that's the high watermark. Their schedule is brutal. They don't play a home game for two months. That's right. Uh, and it's they're just a yeah I mean this is about their best chance to win so really I could see Oakland winning this game and they really want to try to win this game but you know and last home oak opener in Oakland oh boy I mean it's uh, you know what all all uh, summer the Raiders have been two to two and a half point favorites on my side I've got them at one but we'll go with even uh, I could see if I don't know if, do you think it's going to be a really emotional magical night there Maybe I, I think read. it's going to be, a, but you know what? Here's the thing. I think it's going to be a a bad emotion. What I mean by that is the, the Black Hope guys are going to be pissed off because it's the last season opener in Oakland and they're going to be moving to Las Vegas. And I just think it could get really rowdy in the stands. You think they're going to like throw garbage on the Oh, field absolutely. Or? Oh, I think they're going to, they've got nothing to lose. This is their last kick at the can at their team. 
there's some finality to it now. They know that next year at this time, if they want to go and watch the Raiders, they're going to have to go 500 miles south to Las Vegas. I think there's going to be trouble in the stands. And if the Oakland Police Department has a brain in their head, they'll have extra security in this game because of all of what we just talked about. But this is also the Denver Broncos. This is their most hated rival. And I think things could get really ugly next Monday night in Oakland. Boy, that's a tough... Yeah, that's interesting. If it was this, you know, feel-good moment or something. But yeah, it could be just... Oof, that this is a tough game to pick. Don't get me wrong, but I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Denver both ways. Sounds good. Uh, before we get out of here on this uh, 387th episode of Unscripted, a quick look at what we think is going to happen in this upcoming 100th NFL season. Uh, we have yet to make a Super Bowl prediction, and I'll let you start, sir. Uh, I want your two teams, and then ultimately the winner. I, I think it'll be the opposite of last year. I think it'll be a really exciting Super Bowl this year and I think it'll be a lot of fun and uh, a lot of people are predicting the Andy Reid Bowl I'm not going to do that but I'll do half of that and I am going to say that the Kansas City Chiefs get one step closer to a Super Bowl and I'm sure Mahomes he's got he should have lots of time left I'm sure Patrick Mahomes will win a Super Bowl someday but I'm going to say that uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs have an exciting game a great season and put up a great fight but ultimately lose to the Green Bay Packers. Oh, man, you just warmed my heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, I don't see it that way, though. Um, I do see it as the Andy Reid Bowl. I see the Philadelphia Eagles against the Kansas City Chiefs, partly because I could not write down New England Patriots again. I'm tired of those bastards. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going Philadelphia and the Kansas City Chiefs, and for the second time in three years, the Philadelphia Eagles okay. are going to bring home uh, the Vince Lombardi Trophy. Just a gut feeling. I'd have yeah. no idea. Um, I just want somebody besides the New England Patriots. I don't care if it's the Tijuana City roadkills, as long as it's not the New England Patriots. That's that's all. Oh, well, that's uh, all I mean. Most that's, people, most people feel that way. And I, I was thinking about this when you were talking about uh, the NHL earlier in the week, and you talked about uh, the original six teams. I would say, yeah, original six teams would be nice if they all make the playoffs. Except for the Boston Bruins, because I'm sick of the city of Boston winning True. at this point. Now they're just arrogant about it, and right. it's just annoying. So I don't care if ever. I I would love to. I actively want to see every Boston team miss the playoffs sometime in the next few years. If there could be a year where all four Boston teams miss the playoffs, yep. I I would like I to be see there. that. Yeah, I want to be around for that. I like to that. see how tough they look. You then, know, yeah. we came within last year, as you remember, and we talked about this. Um, the Patriots are coming off a championship. The Red Sox are coming off a championship. The Bruins were in the Stanley Cup Finals. Thank God the Milwaukee Bucks took care of the Boston Celtics last year and got rid of them early. But we were pretty close to having an unbelievable sports season in Boston, and that would have been enough to make me sick. Um, we've got a run on this 387th edition of our little program. We thank everybody for participating. As Chris may have mentioned, We will have our picks up on the Patreon page before kickoff of the Green Bay-Chicago game on Thursday. And uh, I'm really looking forward to that. I can't believe I picked the Chicago Bears, but, you know, I can't be a homer all the time. Um, We got to run. I want to thank Ryan, a great uh, friend of the show, for driving eight hours. I got to meet him. Nice young guy. Everybody's younger than me, so they're all nice young guys. Chris, thank you. Appreciate it. Everybody out there in Unscripted land, thank you. Having said all that, for the executive producer of Unscripted, Mr. Chris Fluke, I'm Mike Jansen. Until next time.